Live from Atlanta, Georgia, it's the Zap Ballinger Show, where we help you find your direction through passion and purpose. My name is Zap Ballinger. I am your host. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. We do really have a special guest with us. We are streaming via YouTube. So if you have any comments or questions for Niels, please feel free to put them in the comment box. We'll ask them after the show your career questions, and we're really excited. Niels, thank you so much for joining the show today. Thanks for having me. It's going to be fun. Um, so what do you, um, what is your exact career title, your position? What do you do for work? Uh, I'm a comedy juggler. You're a so, comedy juggler. Correct. So I do comedy juggling shows. I know you are from Tennessee. So for the last three years, I was at the world famous comedy barn theater in Pigeon Forge. So that's a comedy variety show. Before that, I was performing on board all the cruise ships with my one-man show, and right now I'm here in the green room of the Amish Country Theater in Berlin, Ohio, which is near Akron, and there I'm having my own show. So, Niels, I know my students are out there sitting there like, is Zach making this up? I mean, is there actually a juggler that does this for a career? So how in the world did you get into this? Okay. Yeah, there's actually quite a, quite a few. Not that many, but there's... Uh, I'm not the only one. So, um, yeah, I started uh, when I was a kid. I saw a couple performers on television, like jugglers, uh, street performers, and I thought it was a lot of fun to, to try it. And actually, it turned out to be so much fun to be juggling that all throughout high school, it was my hobby. And then I did these little shows in the weekends. And then I joined the kids' circus. And there I met a couple of friends, and we started performing together. And um, then it grew from there. So I did small corporate events. Then I did bigger corporate events, festivals. And now I like juggling has taken me to all seven continents all over the world. I've set eight Guinness World Records. Um, it's pretty incredible. Like I've like even here, Amish country, I've never imagined that I would visit here. But it's kind of cool. And uh, the comedy barn was really amazing experience. I've been like, uh, yeah, from, from festivals to the most luxurious cruise ships to met like the, the, the CEO and of the biggest multinationals for, during corporate events. So it's been really incredible. Unbelievable. Um, that's so awesome. So what did your family and your parents think, you know, because I, I know a lot of kids out there who will go to a different career and their parents may have an idea for them. I know a lot of them out there are pressured to go to college and, you know, they really want them to have a, a blue, a white collar career. Did you have any pushback from your parents or your family as you were exploring this career? Well, they, they throughout high school, they thought it was a lot of fun when I was doing it just uh, as a side hustle, as a, as a teenager. And then I was like almost 18. I was like, hey, I want to do this full time professionally. And my mom was like, well, it would be really cool if you, um, what about like if you uh, go to college? And I was like, it's like if I if you go and juggle full time, then you're on your own. If you go to college, then I'll support you during that time. It's like okay, I don't really feel that I'm good enough yet to juggle professionally. So if I go to college, then that will win me four years to get better. So that's what I did. So I did mechanical engineering, um, graduated, and then uh, then I went and juggled professionally. And that's already like eleven years ago. And I've you know like it's been very busy since. 
Just amazing. And so what do you love most about your job? You know, I think kids or professionals nowadays would be, would look at your job and be like, man, and he's got it made. What do you love about it? What are you passionate about? Uh, I think the, the biggest pleasure is like the variety of it. So like the way I approach it, like there's not like a set thing, like, okay, this is what a comedy juggler does. You can, some people go more outdoor festival. Some people like, I was like, I want my own theater show. So that's what I started working towards. But then also, for example, the mechanical engineering, I'm still using it like a bunch of props that I couldn't find. The juggling shops were not selling those and other jugglers had the same problem. So then I produced a line of my own juggling clubs. So I had to go to the plastic factory, get the mold made, all that stuff. So I'm still, it's still a juggling thing, but without the mechanical engineering, I could never, never have produced uh, those juggling props. So what do you like, you know, people are sitting out there thinking, what is something they should know about this career that's kind of tough? You know, what's something you might dislike about it one day? Um, what the thing that like, it's part of the, part of the fun, but part of the, the challenge too, is that you're, you can never really rest on your laurels. So you just have to keep chasing new gigs and there's not that many opportunities out there. So like you have to, uh, but then now, right now I've, I've worked so hard, so I'm kind of on the top of my field. So I know that the venue, so it's easier to go from like one tourist town to the other one and then yeah, keep your promo up. And then, and, and now like, so I work different markets. I do the theater market, and then I do the corporate market, I the cruise ship market and I've all the different markets. And yeah, there's not that many opportunities out there, but there are there if you're good enough. So you just really have to be on top of it, be sharp, like, okay, there's an opportunity opening here. So I'm going to tweak my act, going to tweak my show for that. And just, you have to constantly be hustling. Well, what does, what does a typical day look like for you? Now, I mean, do you just wake up and sleep till 5 p.m. and then get up and juggle? I mean, what what does the day from the morning to the night look like? Um, so a typical day is tough. I can give you a couple of scenarios. So because sometimes you're more training, sometimes you're working on a gig. So like for me, when I was an uh, employee at the Comedy Barn Theater, which is like a resident variety show, like my typical day was like in the morning, wake up, get your coffee, uh, go do the office stuff, go to practice. And then at 3.30, I had to be at the theater. Then we had two shows. So um, I did the two shows and then I was done by 10.30. So, and that, I did that six days a week. Wow. Three years in a row. So that was when you're lucky that you get into a resident show. Like when you do fairs or you perform at the theme park, there's a daily structure of the shows. You have maybe four shows a day. So you have to be like early afternoon. You're at the venue. Then you start performing. And then uh, in the evening, you're done. So it's definitely like you definitely work more than 40 hours a week. Especially and then in between when you want to work on a new act, it's very difficult when you work on a new act. Uh, and you're working in a venue. So because it's already like more than 40 hours a week that you're at the venue. So if you're working on this stuff, you have to maybe go to a prop builder, you have to go to choreographers. So that's, it's best to work on um, your new material that goes into your next year's show during the time that you're in between contracts. So that's why it's so diverse. Like if you're doing a gig, you have the show schedule from the actual gig. And then when you're in between contracts, then it's more freestyle, but then you have to 
see what's beneficial. It's more like in research and development period. So, so whatever you're working on, that's what you're working on. So it's interesting. You still practice, even though you're a professional juggler, I mean, it still takes practice, right? You still have to do the, take your own time and practice on this craft. Oh, absolutely. If you don't practice for a couple of days, like you definitely feel it in your show already. So that's the, the thing that people forget. They think like, okay, it's just a lot of fun. You go on stage, you, you do your thing. It's actually the most difficult thing, like to make it look effortless. Take so much uh, time and take stage. So like it's a thing, like even, for example, if you want to go party with your friends the night before and you start drinking, if you have a hangover, you're not going to be sharp enough the next day. So it's more in line with uh, the life of a professional athlete. That is like all consuming. It's not like uh, so much a job. It's more like a lifestyle. What I probably already know this, but when you were a kid, what did you dream of being when you were like, think back? Uh, I think I wanted to be a carpenter. What, uh, uh, say that again? A carpenter. Oh, a carpenter. Interesting. And so when you started juggling when you were little, how did people like, how did you know when you started becoming good? I mean, you, you know, you probably started off with like, I'm guessing three, and I don't know anything about Jacqueline just by watching people, but you probably started off with three balls or something. How did you like become so passionate about it? Like, well, when did you start getting really good at it? Uh, it was like, um, I started practicing every day when I was 12 years old and it was just fun. And it was like the thrill, maybe the same when people play video games, you want to increase your high score. You want to go to the next level. And that's the same with juggling. You want to do a more difficult trick. You want to add one more ball, one more ring. You want to be better than your friends. And you have this friendly rivalry between you and your friends The say maybe like with skateboarding or breakdancing, if you, you know, you just want to be better than your friends. And that's, that's how it started. And then you have the yeah, yeah, juggling festivals. So uh, a bunch of jugglers come together and then you're friends with a couple of kids your age. And then you go, okay, what did you practice? Can you already do this trick with five balls? Can you already do this trick with six balls? And then you try to one-up each other. And um, so that's the, that was the fun in the beginning. And I go, okay, how can I extend this fun? And just do it all the time. It's like, well, if you're a professional juggler, you probably can practice all the time and just juggle all the time. And that was how we started, not knowing all the other stuff that you need to do around it, like the marketing, uh, structuring of the shows, rehearsals. Uh, it's like a full business with so many aspects to it. Talk about talk to me how you incorporated comedy, because, you know, you're very specific. Like you said, you're at the top of your craft. How did you decide to like, hey, I want to be a juggler, but I want to be a comedic. Uh, provide comedy while I juggle? Well, that's mostly listening to the marketplace. So, for example, in Europe, like you have in Germany, you have variety shows. And it's maybe more like a, a circus in a theater. So you do an eight-minute act to the music, and that's that's what the market expects. Well, if you start working for Amer American venues, like cruise ships, the comedy barn, like here in the U.S., to be a juggler, they assume that you're a comedy juggler. They assume that you not do eight minutes. They assume that, you, like at the college, that you can do 45 minutes. At the fair, that you can do 30 minutes. But most people don't know nothing about juggling. So you have to uh, create a package 
that the package is enjoyable and then you kind of sneak in the juggling technique. For example, when you juggle clubs or you juggle knives, it's the same skill. But people like the knives much better than they like the clubs. But like a pure technical juggler, I would enjoy more just just doing the clubs because you can show your skill. But for the entertainment value, you package it into juggling knives or juggling torches. And then you package it even more by doing the comedy on top of it. And maybe light effects, sounds, and then you just make an entire show. So it has a purpose when you go to a corporate event or you go to a theater, people go, okay, that was enjoyable. We like the show. They don't care too much about the actual juggling, but they care about uh, the message that you bring or like the, the, the piece of entertainment that they bring. They care about like maybe the corporate event that that's when these got woken up and laugh a little bit so they have new energy for the next speaker. That's what they care about. They don't care so much about your tricks. So you have to understand that, that difference so you can make a living. I'm going to go off on a tangent because I got to know this. Um, we were talking about juggling knives and fire and flame balls. Have you ever been hurt? Or any oh, yeah. You've got to look here. Let me see. So there's still a scar here on my finger. So you have the... I was on board the the Queen Elizabeth cruise ship. Around, we were sailing from Australia to New Zealand, and then the sea was very rough. And I had the shell, and then the, the ship went up, and then the knife I threw it before it caught a wave. So I thought it would come down at a certain time. So then it came down with the point landing down, and then it got into my skin, and I was bleeding big time. Wow. <laughs> so yeah, it was real danger. Now, I always ask people this that come on my show, but I want you to think back over your career or even when you were in college or something. You know, successful people in every walk of life, they usually have adversity in their story. Something hit them or something happened. Maybe it was an a, a obstacle in their way. Can you think back in your career where you had to overcome an obstacle or adversity? Um, yeah, I think like it's every, every day, sometimes there are small ones, sometimes the big ones. If you don't have adversities to overcome, that means you're living in your safety boundaries. So then you're playing to save. So you're not getting the most out of life. What you, what your potential is. So, uh, yeah, for example, this today, like I set a new goal, I want to juggle 12 rings and there's only one guy in the world that has done 13. I saw him in the Guinness book of world records. Um, uh, like over 20 years ago. And now, now he's my coach. But in the beginning, those people like they're so, so high level, they, like what is in, what is in it for them? So then you have to go, okay, how can I add the value? So it took me 10 years of, of showing my improvements. And he was like looking in the back, but like not really reaching out. So I didn't know. But then he was like, okay, I think now you've shown the dedication. I will take you on as my student for this goal. So it was like a, a period of 10 years. That, uh, that I had to overcome this obstacle that I would get access to this uh, ball of knowledge. And now I can, yeah, reach that world record goal. And so um, talk to me about your, you mentioned the Guinness uh, Book of World Records. What, what were they? Can you give me some specifics around them? Uh, I did, um, I set the world record for 14 cups. 
So that was an interesting story too, because my mentor is like uh, another one, like he's 82. He said, as a jogger, like to be able to get bookings, you need to be good, but also you need to be a little bit different. Because what's the point? Uh, like if you can only juggle ball clubs rings, then there is maybe 20, 30, 40, 50 joggers that can do that as well. So why would the goal, event producer goes over you, over pick you over somebody else? So he gave me those metal cups, but they were not very good. Um, so then I used my mechanical engineering to get those cups produced out of polycarbonate. And then I managed to set the world record. It was for 30 years, it was 10 cups. I managed to elevate it to 14 cups. Wow. So that was one. And then I did another record worth of 14 cups. My very first uh, world record was longest duration of juggling blindfolded. So I juggled six and a half minutes blindfolded. And now I do uh, that trick in my show as well. So it's, it's good because people don't know anything about juggling. And, but then if you have the billboard here in town and says like eight time Guinness world record holders, suddenly it becomes more interesting for people to come see your show. Gotcha. And so we have several questions from people in the audience. Um, one of the questions is I want to be a comedian. What advice would you give me? It looks like this is a high school student. Um, what I, I guess that they're asking what age did you start getting shows to? Okay. So like the advice is do as many shows as you possibly can, because especially like comedy, there's only comedy when people laugh. So it's very hard to practice comedy because you want to create an emotional reaction in your audience. So, and that's, that's laughter, but you're up on stage, your audience is in the audience. So you need to like, it's, it's, you just need to practice in front of a crowd. Like at one point you get your feel is like a muscle. Your comedy sense will grow. The more shows you do, the more laughs you get. So at one point you go, okay, I feel that the audience is going to go for this. So do as many shows as you possibly can. In the beginning, it doesn't really matter. Do it for the experience, even if the, the payment is barely there, but you need, you want to get to a thousand shows as, as quick as you possibly can. You need to get your flight time in. And that's what the second question is, is how much should he be charged? And it looks like some of the venues are not willing to charge. I mean, uh, pay him that much. What advice would you have there? Uh, if you're absolutely starting out, you need to get to a thousand shows as soon as possible. So your payment is going to be the experience. If you like, I always think there's a couple like uh, ways you can get paid. One is in money. The other one is an experience. And sometimes the gig is just in a really good, cool um, part of the world. So like I've gone to like to one point, like I wanted to go to South Korea and the gig was, it paid, but it didn't pay great. But it was, it was during a time that was slower for me. Like they would book my friend from San Francisco as well. So I flew from Amsterdam to South Korea. He flew from San Francisco and we could hang out like for a week in South Korea. Um, still paid, but not as, not as much as it would be a gig that we didn't want to do. But we got a great travel experience and I walked away with a couple new jokes and a couple new routines. I was like, okay. And those I could take to, to other gigs again. So depending what stage you are in your career, but at one point, of course, if you do it professionally and full time, you need to be able to make a living. But like, if this question is just starting out, then your payment you should be most concerned with is your uh, experience. Spot on advice. Same advice I give in motivational speaking. A lot of people want to know how you get started in that industry. 
and I let them know off front, you're going to be doing a lot of free talks because you're getting your name out there. You're going to, you're going to have to practice. You might be speaking in front of two people. You might be speaking in front of crowds of one, but act like yeah. you would, would if you would 500 people and get your experience. So great advice. Um, the next question comes in is how many people, what, what's the most people you've ever performed in front of? Um, well, live was a uh, couple thousand. I did, uh, the largest juggling workshop that I did. I think it was the largest ever was uh, for two and a half thousand people for Nike during just Dewey day. Um, yeah, now of course you have now shows on t television or YouTube that could be even larger. Somebody right said, have you written any books or do you teach any classes on juggling? Uh, yeah, so I'm uh, part of uh, Circo, which is the, the leading platform. It's basically a, a virtual circus school. Um, then also on YouTube, so um, people can learn how to juggle there. I published 14 books on juggling and I've written three. Okay, we'll link into them, make sure we link into them for them. And then um, somebody writes in, they want to be an entertainer. Uh, I'm not sure what entertaining that is. Do they need a college degree? Um, I think nowadays you need, for some professions, you need a college degree, but for fewer and fewer, you need a college degree for a lot of stuff. Like, I think like a very solid portfolio is what gets you booked. But like, um, yeah, so it's like, look, if, if it will help you for juggling, it's like people, they never ask me for, um, do you have like a bachelor in the arts? Otherwise I'm not going to book you go for a comedian. Can, can he make me laugh? If he can make you laugh, then that's how the people voted. Yeah. I mean, it's the same when I, uh, you know, hire a doctor or a lawyer, I don't say, Hey, where did you get your medical school degree? I say, Hey, can you fix my problem? So yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's great advice. And then somebody writes in and says, um, how long before, you won your very first uh, Guinness Book World Record? Um, my first one I said in 2011. Uh, I could have done it sooner if there was a, it's like I ran into an agent and so said like, okay, like uh, I can book you better and more with that credential because people don't know. So as a marketing tool, it was like, okay, I will start now trading for it and get one. Because you still need to go put yourself out there, go connect with Guinness World Records, get the regulations. You could have, you could be the best in the world at that one. But if you don't go for it, for the, for the certificate and make it official, you're not going to be the Guinness World Record holder. You may be the best one in the world with that trick, but you didn't, you didn't make it official. Gotcha. No, somebody else writes in, what's your long-term dream in your career? Um, I think just, just keep going with it. Just explore um, new areas within juggling. Like I, I managed to get myself booked and traveled to all seven continents. I managed to set the Guinness World Records. I managed to headline my own show. Managed to make it from Europe to the US. And I, you know, got paid bookings in um, Las Vegas, Pigeon Forge, uh, all the different uh, tourist towns. So like, managed to get on the cruise ships so those are all like highlights like for for a jogger that's that's way up there so i think uh, if i can stay at that level and then uh you know i won't point pass and all that's on 
then then it's been a very successful career. All right. Somebody asked this: How could they find you in a show, a live show? So how do how does somebody see your schedule? What if they want to book you? I, I don't know know the context of the question, but can you explain all that? Uh, so right now, if people want to follow me um, at comedyjuggler.com, you can see uh, where I'm performing. Like this season, I'm here in uh, Ohio Amish country in the 600 seat theater. Uh, last three years, I was at the Comedy Barn, so I tend to go for a little longer gigs, but sometimes it changes, and especially now with the coronavirus, who knows what's what's around the corner, especially like in live entertainment where you need to have bigger groups. Um, so yeah, comedyjuggler.com is the, the best way to connect. And uh, yeah, if you have more questions about your career or about juggling or how I approach stuff, uh, feel free to send me an email as well. And the last one, do you do private shows? I have... Um Yes, so uh, I do private shows, corporate shows, uh, theater shows. Now I do sometimes virtual shows. So it's, uh, in fact, I have for for market, I have a different website and different uh, promotional materials as well to just cater to that specific market. So the answer is yes. Okay, so we'll link to all your links. Um, this has been a fascinating interview. You know what it teaches me is you can do whatever you want to be in life, and uh, I. I, I really appreciate your time. I know you shared your story. I think it's fascinating. Um, people gravitate towards these type careers because there's so few of them and you've worked so hard to be in this career. I just want to congratulate you on what you've accomplished um, at, so such a, at a young age. And um, we wish you the best of luck. Um, and we want to support you and, and my audience does too. So we'll make sure to follow you on all your feeds and all that stuff. So thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me. That was fun. Yep. You have a good night now. Thank you.